You know, mentoring, I call it the elixir of life. Uh, for those who like to uh, fantasize about living forever, which of course I don't, uh, but if you do, then really the only way you can live forever is through your thoughts, is through what you convey to others and what they follow after you're gone. And in my view, mentoring is the key to that. Now, what is mentoring? There are many... Uh, I'm sure all of you have read plenty of books and stuff, uh, those of you who are interested in learning mentoring. Uh, but let me uh, talk about... Uh, this thing in a in as brief uh, manner as I can. The first and foremost thing to remember in mentoring is that mentoring is the process of conceptualizing your own life learnings and then conveying them to somebody in a way that makes sense to them. Now, the reason I, I talk about conceptualizing as being a key element is because without conceptualizing, um, what we experience in life is a story. The story is not necessarily in a teachable form. The story does not necessarily have a um, lesson within quotes for the other person. But if you can take that story and convert it into a teachable format, then that story starts to make meaning. That story starts to become uh, much more important than just being a story. To give you an example, usual example I uh, give to illustrate the process of taking a story and converting it into a teachable concept uh, is an amusing story that is ascribed to uh, one of the Nauratans, the nine jewels in the court of the Mughal Emperor Akbar and his name was Raja Birbal. Now Birbal was uh, apparently like a court jester, but he was a lot more than that. He was a very wise man and he also was the sort of alter ego of the king. Um, many times Birbal conveyed to the king things which otherwise would have been difficult to convey uh, because you're talking to the, uh, to the Mughal emperor. But Birbal did that in, a, in an amusing way as a joke, but the message behind that joke was very serious. The story goes that one day Birbal came to Akbar and he said, um, I have a cat which is afraid of milk. So Akbar said, well, you know, cats love milk. I mean, how is it that your cat is afraid of milk? And I don't believe that. Birbal said, well, I'm willing to prove it. So Birbal's cat was brought and a saucer of milk was produced in the court and the cat was put down on the floor in front of the saucer of the mill of milk. The cat took one look at the saucer of milk and vanished. So Akbar said, well, how did you do that? 
well, you know, quite uh, obviously, before the SPCA came into being, when you could do cruel things to cats, uh, Birbal obviously gave this cat some very hot milk to drink. The cat uh, loved milk and it immediately put its mouth into the milk and got scalded and then it ran away. And after that, every time the cat took a saw milk, it would run away because in the mind of the cat, the cat associated the unpleasant, painful experience of being burnt with milk. Now, that's a story, right? So this is the, the actual life experience of the cat that it drank hot milk and it got burnt. Now, what is the concept out of that? The concept the cat understood was milk burns. But that's not the right concept. Milk doesn't burn. It is hot milk which burns. So if the cat had conceptualized the right learning from that life experience, the cat would perhaps have uh, tested the temperature of the milk. Maybe it would have dipped the end of its tail or something in it to assess the temperature of the milk. And then if the milk was cold enough or, uh, you know, cool enough, then the cat would have drunk it. Otherwise, it wouldn't. Now, this is the, to illustrate, this is what a mentor does. A mentor is uh, that cat who takes his, the essence of his life experience and translates it into a teachable format, into a concept, and conveys it to his um, protege in a way where the protege can then apply it in his or her own life. And this is a very important skill and unfortunately not so common. Um, we all live, we can't, we, can't, uh, we can't help having life experiences, obviously, because as long as you're alive, something is happening to you. You are, you are living, and as long as you're living, you are experiencing life. The question is, what do you do with that life experience? Uh, every, everyone has life experiences. The question is, what do you do with that life, life experience? Now, when you are mentoring, uh, the first thing, therefore, is the ability to conceptualize. The second very important thing, and to me, this is uh, even more um, complex and it's even more, within quotes, difficult, which is to take your life experience, to distill it into a concept and present it to your protege without becoming prescriptive. Uh, that is very critically important because Usually, the tendency is to say, this is what I did in my life, it worked for me, and this is what I think you should do, because it will work for you. Now, whether that is right or not, the fact remains that if you are going to present that as, this is what you should do, the chances are that you are going to encounter resistance. Because, for one thing, that is not necessarily true, because just because something worked for me, it doesn't automatically mean that it will work for somebody else. It is a, there is a high likelihood that it will. I mean, the whole point of being there as a mentor and uh, the whole point of taking your life experience and trying to teach it is because you have a strong um, belief that it will work. So I'm not denying that. I'm just saying that the way you present that, if you are going to be, if you, if you become prescriptive, the chances are that you are going to fail. Now, how do you remain uh, 
how do you remain useful without being prescriptive? How can you take your life experience and convey it without being prescriptive? By being humble, by having some humility. And what's that humility based on? It's based on a very simple fact, which is that my life experience is my life experience. That's exactly what it is. It's nothing more, nothing less. It is my life experience. This is what worked for me. Uh, does it mean it is also going to work equally well for somebody else? I don't know and that is the truth. Why am I still telling them? Because of two things. One is this is all I have. So if you go to a the shop of a perfumer, you are going to get perfumes. Um, so this is what I have. This is what I can convey to you. I was never on the moon, so I can't tell you what life on the moon is like, but I lived on this earth. And I can tell you what life on this earth was like when I was living it and as I'm living it. So that's the, that's the truth. Secondly, um, do I know it works? It will work for you? I don't know. But why is it still useful for you to listen to me? Because number one, you're looking at a, a successful life experience. Number one. Number two is that what else have you got? What else have you got? So therefore, there is... Uh, a need for humility on part of both the mentor and the protege. I hate the word mentee. I mean, it makes it, uh, it rhymes with manatee, which is a, uh, which is a sea, sea uh, mammal. I've got nothing against manatees, but <clears throat> if you look at a manatee, it's not a particularly pretty thing. So <laughs> I think mentee. Uh, a friend of mine says demented. No, mentor, he says a, uh, a mentee is one who is demented enough to have a mentor. So, take your pick. Um, now, protege is the more uh, appropriate and the, and the more uh, formal word. So, humility to say that this is my life experience and I'm sharing it with you because I think it is valuable because it was valuable for me. But do I know it will be valuable for you? I don't know. And you as a... Uh, as, as a a protege, you look at that and say, well, here I am, I have access to this potentially very valuable uh, experience of the life of my mentor and uh, do I know it will work for me? I don't know, but I'm still going to try that because this is the sum total of my wealth right now because that's all I have. So there is a, there is a need for humility from both sides and that is why and that is how uh, mentoring should be done. Third thing uh, is to be a mirror for the protege. Right? First thing, conceptualize. Take your life story and convert it into a teachable format. Number two is do that with the humility to know that this is my life experience. I'm presenting it to you, my gift to you, but I'm not being prescriptive. I'm not prescribing it for you. Number three, is to um, to take this life experience and to become a mirror for the uh, for for the protege. Now, what is a mirror? A mirror is somebody who reflects what it comes before it. Talking mirrors are only in fairy tales. In real life, there are no, there are no talking mirrors. Now, if I look at myself in the mirror and I say, "Well, this is what my haircut looks like," or my hair looks like. Uh, which is after this uh, enforced um, confinement during COVID. Uh, it's quite horrible, but that's how it is. Now, the mirror doesn't tell me what 
the mirror things I should do with my hair. The mirror is only showing me what my face looks like. Now, if I don't like the look of my face, what I need to do to that face? Do I need to trim my beard? Do I need to grow it bigger? Do I need to uh, shave my head? Do I need to trim it? Do I need to... What I need to do with it? This is left for me to decide. And that is what the mentor should be. The mentor should be the mirror of the uh, prodigy. I'll give you in my life, when I first started into... Uh, went into consulting uh, in 1994. I, for a short time, I worked with uh, two uh, friends of mine who were consultants. Now, they were running a company and I they, they offered uh, me this opportunity. They said, why don't you come work with us? Uh, so you get some experience and also you will then have access to our clients and so on and so forth. So you will get, you know, client base and whatnot. So I thought it was a great idea. I mean, these, are, these were very good friends of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought this is a wonderful opportunity for me. But when I went in there and I started working with them, I started very, very surprisingly and uh, also extremely painful for me emotionally was that I, I started encountering a lot of hostility from them. Um, now, I simply couldn't make any sense of that. I said, why are these people hostile to me? I mean, I'm their, I'm their friend. They invited me to be a, a part of their business, to be to work with them. Um, we have always been very good uh, to each other. Uh, you know, I had um, a, a very positive history with them. Uh, and then here are the... And, and I learned from them. I mean, uh, I don't deny that fact. I learned from them. But here in this new role of being a colleague of theirs uh, in their business, I was encountering a lot of hostility. And I just simply couldn't make sense of it. And it was dragging me down. It was really something which was so painful that uh, for the first time in my life, I used to dread going to work. And I don't like that feeling at all. I mean, anytime there have been one or two situations in my life only where I did not like the idea of going to work, but the moment that happened to me, um, my standard uh, uh, my standard thing was <clears throat> that I am going to get out of this because if I don't enjoy working, I don't work. As simple as that. I mean, to me, it did not make any sense to want to work in a situation where I wasn't enjoying myself. So there I was in the situation. I'm talking about mirroring. Then another senior friend of mine happened to come. I was in Bangalore at the time. So he, he came to Bangalore. And I told him, I said, look, I, I want your advice. Please uh, give me some advice. And I explained to him my situation. I said, here is the situation. Uh, he knew both. He knew those people and he knew me as well. So I said, this is my situation that I'm working. I, I got into this uh, work with these people. Uh, they invited me. I was so happy to be invited by them. Uh, but to my intense surprise and very unpleasant surprise, I find that these people are being very hostile to me. Uh, what am I doing wrong? What, what, what should I do? Now, my friend listened to this whole advice. Now, remember, I'm talking about being a mirror. And my friend said to me, he said, what I see happening here is that you, with your energy, with your drive, uh, with your competence, um, you are being perceived by them as a threat. Now, remember, he didn't say you are a threat. He said you are being perceived 
by them as a threat. He says they have a choice. They can choose to see you as a beautiful resource uh, on which they can build their business or they can see you as a potential threat because thanks to the fact that if you and they both are put before a client, the client is probably going to be drawn towards you because you have more energy, you are more articulate, uh, you are, uh, you, your social skills are far better <coughs> and so on than them and then they are going to feel, so they can feel threatened. So they can use you uh, in their business as an asset or they can use you as a uh, or they can they can view you not use you they can view you as a threat now this is what i see happening here now think about this did my friend say therefore i think this is what you should do no he didn't say that he just mirrored here i am presenting my um dilemma presenting my situation to him and what all he did was he put it in perspective he shared with me the way he saw it. So he was being my mirror and he was reflecting back to me, this is what your haircut looks like. Now, what must I do with my haircut? It's your haircut. You decide that. You decide that. So it was left to me to decide and do what I wanted to do with that. Um, the decision I took was to part company. I said, good, I, if I am in a situation where I find that the energy that I need to cope with things that are beyond my control is more than the energy that I need to be useful and productive, then that is the wrong place to be in. I want to be able to use all my energy to be useful and productive. Part of that being useful and productive will be to deal with difficulties, but then I would want difficulties that I can work with, difficulties. For example, if I'm in a sales situation, I want to increase my sales. My one difficulty would be to reach the maximum number of people. I want to solve that problem. If I'm in a conflict situation, one difficulty would be to convince somebody else uh, I would like to solve that problem. If I'm, in, if I'm negotiating something, then one difficulty would be to show the other person, WIIFM, what's in it for me. That is something that I would like to cope with. But if I'm dealing with people's hostility, if I'm dealing with people's um, lack of confidence, if I'm dealing with people's sense of feeling threatened because they see a colleague who is more competent than they are, and instead of using that colleague as a partner, as a... Uh, as a resource, they want to see that colleague as a threat and they want to try and cut down that colleague knowing that by doing that, they are destroying their own business, then that is not something that is in my control. I cannot convince them that what they are doing is something which is detrimental for themselves. At the end of the day, they are going to lose a valuable colleague which will show in their business, but that's something that they need to see for themselves. I can't show them that because I am that person. I can go to them and say, you know what, I'm so valuable. If you lose me, you are going they will not believe that. So therefore, I decided I am parting company. Threat for me was I was completely and totally new in the consulting field. I had zero history in consulting. I had a, a network that wasn't worth talking about because it didn't exist. I was new to the whole thing, but I thought to myself that no matter how new I am, I'm going to be by myself and that will give me at least the benefit and the confidence to know that whatever I do, I sink or swim on the basis of my own ability and I'm not dragged down by somebody else. 
So let me get on with it. That's what I want to do. And that is what I did. So in mentoring, as I uh, mentioned to you, one is concept. Second one is to be to take your story. Uh, first one, take your story, make it into a concept. Second one, do not be prescriptive about that. Present that story like you would present a gift to a person. And the third one is to be a mirror for your mentee, <laughs> demented, uh, your, your, your protege, whatever you want to call them. Be a mirror. Uh, don't tell them, again, this links back to the prescriptive thing. Don't tell them what to do, but show them their face. Because we cannot see our face on our own. We need that face. We need a mirror to show us our face. And then it is left to us to decide what we want to do with that. I hope this was useful for you guys. And thank you so much for watching. Come back again. We're going to, we are going to do more and more of these. And all of them I hope you thoroughly enjoy. Now stay safe. Wear masks unless you are sitting like I am sitting alone by myself in the middle of nowhere. Then it's okay. Otherwise, wear a mask. Wash your hands. Social distance. Dumb term. It is individual distance really. But call it what you want. Keep away. Don't keep away from crowded places and so on. Stay safe. Stay well. And see you next time.